Welcome to Herrick Does That, a podcast on current legal topics, relevant industry and legal trends, and significant developments in the law, brought to you by the attorneys of Herrick Feinstein. I'm Erwin Kishner, Herrick's executive chairman, and I want to thank you for joining us. Hi, and welcome everyone to our podcast today, where we're going to be talking to my great friend, Ohad Zuckerman, who, uh, beyond just what we're going to be talking today, is really an amazing person. Um, and if you ever make your way to Israel, I recommend that you meet him not only for uh, the amazing uh, information he's going to share with us today, but also for his amazing winemaking skills, which are second to none and some of the best wines I've had anywhere in the world. And in advance, I'm going to thank you for that next bottle of wine when I see you in Israel, hopefully soon, Ohad. With that, Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about integration between the uh, institutional agri-food technology and uh, technology companies and, and things you should know in 2021 as this sector continues to grow and expand. With that, um, Ohad, how are you? Thank you very much. Everything is fine here, Yariv. How are you doing? It is great to talk to you, knowing that we're not in lockdowns anymore, in quarantines, even though we can't see each other face to face. We're in a good place. And uh, you were just mentioning you got your third vaccine and you're doing great, right? Sure. Amazing. Tell me a little bit, Ohad, uh, for those who don't know, is the managing uh, partner at Copia. Copia is an impact fund based in Israel. Ohad, can you tell us a little bit about your fund, first of all? Sure. Copia is a venture capital fund established in 2014. Uh, our uh, mission and vision is to be the bridge between Israeli research and academic institutions and the global Israeli and global uh, uh, companies from the agri-food sector. Um, only 1% of uh, the academic uh, know-how and technologies is uh, commercialized globally. It's nothing. And the reason is that uh, academic uh, people and business people don't speak the same language. The academic people speak about genes and about uh, bacteria. And the business people talk about money, market share, segmentation. And uh, these two terminologies just don't go well together. And in fact, in some cases, there are also um, conflicts because the academic people want to get ahead in their institutions. And they do that by um, publishing uh, articles in famous magazines, while the business people want to register patents and sometimes it doesn't go together. So we speak both languages. We understand the academic institutions, we worked with them, we finance their projects, and then we also come from the business sector. Uh, we are all managers and uh, we manage companies. And uh, therefore we decided to be the bridge and uh, to bring Israeli knowledge uh, in the agri-food sector to Israel and to the global markets. You know, when I was uh, younger and raised and first going to Israel, people always told me Israel is the land of milk and honey. Uh, and then kind of fast forward a few years, it became uh, the startup nation. Lately, it was called vaccination nation. Um, how, how, how food all of a sudden? What, what drew you to, the, to, to food technologies and agriculture, to, you know, given everything else that Israel has been doing in the last few years? What is the importance of it? It's a good question. First of all, let's go back to history. Um, Israel, uh, because of uh, political reasons and geopolitical reasons, had to be self-sufficient. Um, we could not rely on uh, food uh, coming uh, from outside in case of war. 
And uh, therefore, the uh, state of Israel uh, financed a lot of research in institutions like Volcani Center, the Agricultural Research Organization, it's a state-owned one, and universities to uh, create technologies that improve yields and the efficacy of uh, food production uh, in order to uh, create a safe atmosphere for Israel. Um, They did it so well that Israel started even to export uh, fresh produce. Um, That is the beginning. And today, when we are facing a situation that the global population is increasing dramatically and we see the diminishing uh, inputs uh, of land and water, then we understand that the agri-food sector is the key to our survival. And that puts Israel in a very good position because of this past investment that is maturing today to amazing technologies. Are my figures correct that uh, they're expecting the population to roughly go from about 8 billion now in the world to about 13.1 billion by the end of the century? Yeah. So essentially we need to, by the end of the century, figure out a way to double our food production. Or am I wrong? Is it that we don't have enough food or are we not, uh, is the food not being shared or allocated around the world properly, at least right now? Both. In some places, the yield is very low and in many places, the allocation is not good. So it's both. Okay. So you talked about a little bit about security, um, how food impacts security. Um, and we talked about how uh, the world is going to need more food going down. Let's share with us a little bit about uh, the types of investments that you're looking at or have done um, and why they're they're going to make, uh, in your mind, a an impact on the world. Okay, so we have identified few challenges that I would say global challenges that uh, can be tackled with technology. Food, safe, food security and food safety, uh, environmental degradation and climate change. These are the four things that we are trying to mitigate with our technologies. Uh, we look for technologies that improve sustainability along the supply chain of food, from the genetics to the plate, talking about plants, animals, whatever. And the thing is that uh, each of these technologies may either replace a chemical that is hazardous to the environment or increase the yield dramatically or increase the welfare of animals and they, um, or improve the production of uh, food or decrease uh, emissions of uh, greenhouse gases. So we are looking for technologies that relate to food and agro and increase the sustainability. And that's the key, strategic key, that is across all our, all our uh, investments. So share with me a few examples. And it's not just food, right? It, it's the whole ecosystem. So I believe you invested in, in for example, a, a startup that addresses the problem of bees in the world. We, we know that there's been a problem over the last few years with bees disappearing and beehives disappearing, I believe. Sh- share with us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Because that's not just sure. food and honey, you know, honey, but we're talking about an ecosystem here, pollination. Yeah. So we, we have two avenues of investment. The first one is to work with institutions. And there we look for technologies that have passed the proof of concept stage. And uh, we team up with companies from the industry in order to uh, create a product profile or process profile, which will uh, make sure that the scientists are very focused. Uh, we finance the research and the companies do on their uh, account the development and commercialization. That's one avenue. The other one is the regular VC uh, way of in- investing in startup companies. And this is where the company you mentioned, which is called To Be Influential Innovations, is uh, uh, located. 
it's a startup, an Israeli startup founded by a second generation beekeeper who is also a PhD from Weizmann Institute uh, that found a solution to the greatest problem of uh, beekeeping all over the world. That, that's amazing. So, so you're telling me you've identified something that's a, a global problem, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. And, and was this one of those examples where you went to a, a, an educational institution or was this kind of a startup that came to you? This is the usual VC startup relationship uh, to complete our range of uh, uh, projects from the academia because the academic uh, institutions are focused on research and startups are doing really development. And here you can see development and not research. So um, we complete our range of uh, our portfolio with both academic institution projects. And so I'd like to talk a little bit another another area, just because there's so much to this that amazes me. Okay, so first of all, uh, we have a direct connection with uh, a, both academic institutions. Every quarter we go there and we listen to the things that are new. Are these institutions only in Israel or in other places? Our current fund focused on Israel. The next fund would also uh, work uh, in the global markets. So we learn what is new, and then we go to companies that we work with from the various verticals, and we see what is needed, and then we do the matching. Um, we, on the other hand, we ask the companies what they seek for and what are their pains, and then we are scouting for them for technology. So we're working both ways. That's what is going with, with uh, uh, the institutions. When it comes to startups, um, we have very good relationship with Startup Nation Central, with the growing uh, IL uh, community. So a lot of startups approach us. The way to approach us is, is to, to be very, very specific in, in, in few uh, points. One, we really seek to have a proof of concept. Even if it's a lab, it's fine. That's one. Second, we look for the team. A team is a very important factor. Um, you have got lots of uh, examples where a good team can do wonders with the mediocre technology, with a bad team can do nothing with the great technology. So the team is important. We need to know that uh, all the people are in place. And if not, we have to know that we can bring them in. And therefore the uh, entrepreneur needs to be open-minded. If he can manage, that's great. And if not, we have to get to an agreement that will bring in a professional CEO. Uh, the second thing is that the technology needs to be really, really something that uh, maybe I would say uh, giving an answer to an unmet need or a paradigm shift, something which is incremental uh, improvement won't be so interesting. The next thing is that the market has to be big enough. The next thing is that there has to be a very good business model which the market can accept. And the last thing, of course, is IP. If it can be protected, it's great. And if uh, not, we have to find some kind of a black box like the Coca-Cola formula that uh, will be able to protect the product in, in some way. So that's that's what we're looking for. I don't think that there is something different from any other fund. The, the real differentiating factors that we have is one, that sustainability is key, and two, that we really know how to work with, the, with institutions and universities. This is something that uh, a lot of uh, uh, incubators are trying to do. Usually what they do, they open a, a real startup based on, a, on, on a technology that comes from a certain institute or, or university. Um, this is a very uh, expensive uh, process. 
what our well our, our process is very different uh, you know because we finance the research but all the development and commercialization is done by the, the big companies that we work with imagine they have the people they have the market know-how they have all the labs they can do field trials all these things that the startup will need to build from scratch the big companies already have so when we are acting as a bridge we save huge amounts of money now the last thing just to uh, complete the question once we find the technology or a startup interesting our internal process is built out of uh, two phases in phase one we present in broad terms the opportunity to our investment committee we get the green lights to go into a deep due diligence that can take between two to four months and then we come to a second meeting of the investment committee with a full uh, dossier about this opportunity including a, a commercial agreement and uh, once we get the approval we go forward so that's the process i hope i answered your question what is your appetite no pun intended for deal sizes investment sizes okay since we are uh, not such a big fund uh, we are a 27 million dollar fund and we are focused in this fund on early stage our uh, a ticket size is between $350,000 up to $2.5 million altogether which means that we will never put the 2.5 the first uh, investment we can put 1 million and keep more aside for the next round and tell me a little bit about your your uh, your uh, next fund um what are what have you learned between the first fund and the next fund that you're looking to accomplish is it just bigger ticket sizes a bigger fund or, or what more are you looking to accomplish you had mentioned international collaboration with institutions there are few few differences uh, between uh, copia today and the future fund which we're going to call copia global uh copia global is going to be bigger between 60 to 80 million uh copia global is going to invest also outside of israel uh in israel with startups we don't have to be we don't have a problem to be the lead investor when we come to the uh, other markets we will team up with other uh, uh, funds that will lead the investments and we will be followers because we will not be there 24/7 um however we do have plans to work with institutions uh we already have some connections in the US in Europe and in Asia with the leading universities and institutions that are dealing in agri food and our plan is to uh, start working with them as well in the first one we already have a cooperation both with Louisiana State University and with Florida State University uh two different projects uh, we have great collaboration with teams there and uh, we we know how they work we already made connections with their TTOs the technology transfer offices so we 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 believe that we don't have a problem to to do that um the second uh, thing that will copia uh, global, Glo- global will have is that it will invest more in startups in copia 1 we decided to be limited and to invest a small amount uh, in startups uh, the the reason is that uh, when we established copia 1 um there were more funds than startups in the agri food sector <laughs> today uh, this sector is booming and our intention is not to limit us is to enable us to decide where we want to invest and the third thing is the ticket size uh, we also want to go to uh, not only seed and round 1 we may want to have bigger investments as well so uh, these are going to be the three main uh, differentiator factors between uh, copia and corpa global it's going to be global not only focused on israel um it's going going to have no limitation 
on uh, investing in startups, and it's going to be bigger. In view of your goals of expanding, going more global, uh, particularly in the United States, um, what are what are the the types of relationships you're looking to uh, focus on and developing initially to to help you? Uh, with the rollout of the new funds? Are you looking to, to be connected more to universities? Are you looking more to, to funds? To, what, what, are the, what is the intended rollout in terms of uh, collaborations and so forth? Both. At, at this point of time, we, we uh, have good relationship with many uh, multinational companies in the agri-food sector from all over the world. To get to know more is always better. We will start with the four or five institutions that we know in the States, and it will be great to know more. But I think that it's all together. There is no preference. We need to do both. It's important, though, to stress that with our startup companies, when we get to the U.S., we will need to have very good uh, support from a, a local uh, law office and a local uh, accounting firm to make sure that uh, our steps in the U.S. market are, are done well. Israelis, when they come to a um, market like the U.S., they will need to be very well uh, accompanied with a good, uh, very good uh, law firm and a very good accounting firm. So that's that's something that uh, we will we will sure have to do. And I think that uh, this is something that uh, every every uh, startup should have. Um, there are lots of uh, offices uh, in Israel that uh, have uh, American uh, or Israeli American uh, presence. But it's not the same like having a, a local uh, supplier with you. So that's one thing that uh, we will have to have uh, when we'll come with our startups and when we'll come with Copia Global to the U.S. and to other markets. Ohad, uh, we, we've gotten a lot of uh, amazing information from you today. Can you give us a little bit more about uh, some of the companies in your portfolio, about how they're impactful, uh, their importance? Share with us a little, bit of, a little bit about what your fund has done so far invested in. Okay, there is a, another startup in the fund which is called Pharmacy. This company is really amazing. Um, they are dealing with the um, farm animals and uh, focusing on pigs, on hogs. Um, this industry uh, is an industry that uh, a lot of people today um, think that uh, sustainability is not there. However, I believe that culture meat and, uh, and protein substitutes will eventually uh, grow. However, there will never be a 100% replacement of meat. And uh, these industries need to be supported. The other one that uh, the other ones that are interesting, um, we have a product uh, which is called Bud Up. Bud Up is to wake up the buds from their winter dormancy. Uh, you know, the, the buds of trees need to be need to accumulate enough cold days to know that the winter is uh, going to end and they start to bloom towards the spring. But what do you do uh, when you grow them on uh, climatic conditions that are, are hot, like the Mediterranean or uh, in Africa or in Asia? So what people do, they spray the buds with a certain chemical and the bud, that's just to fool them. So they think that uh, winter is going to end and then what happens is that they start to bloom. However, this is a very toxic material. In, in Europe, it's already banned, and uh, in other countries, it's going to follow. And we have a replacement that does the same with even some uh, advantages. So just this is just examples of, of the things that we have. We have 26 investments in eight research institutions and two startups, altogether 28 
investments in the fund. Um, and I will not be able to describe all of them, but just try to give you some examples. Ohad, uh, all this is, has really quenched my thirst for knowledge in the area of, of food technology and agriculture. Again, I'm just enjoying these puns today. But um, all kidding aside, I, I want to hear more about uh, Copia Global. Tell me more. Okay, so we are going to launch the campaign of fundraising for Copia Global uh, in October. We are preparing uh, all the uh, marketing materials. And uh, what we're trying to do is to come up also with the few potential investments that uh, Copia One will not be able to make by itself. Uh, we do not want to compete. What we're going to do, we're going to also increase the team with the two, three more people to make sure that uh, Copia One gets all the attention it needs and Copia Two will also get all the attention it needs. In addition to that, what I can tell you is that uh, we are looking for, as I said, 60 to 80 million dollars. It's going to be the usual structure of a fund with the GP, the LP. Uh, we're going to have a minimum investment of $1 million um, because we want also to have uh, specific uh, investors that uh, will come in from Copia One. We want to let them in. Uh, however, we will look for uh, bigger investors as well. I think that, you know, in parallel to the campaign, we will start uh, to work on the exits of uh, Copia, the current fund. Uh, we're going to push a few investments uh, for exit, as well as uh, raising funds for other ones. Um, and I believe that uh, you know eventually uh, Copia will uh, be able to maintain its position in the agri-food sector, not only in Israel, but also in the global markets. Ohad, particularly with uh, Copia Global, when you're targeting uh, overseas operations and maybe transitioning some of your uh, initial investment into secondary round with other funds overseas. How can we be helpful to you? How can Herrick, a firm like Herrick, help you and your your portfolio companies in their in their endeavors? Okay, that's that's a great question, and uh, I think that uh, every manager that had uh, some international uh, experience will understand that when it comes to a new market, let's say that an Israeli comes to the U.S., you need a part of the language and the uh, culture to have a very good uh, law firm next to you that will help you to um, negotiate and to understand the cultural issues uh, uh, during negotiation uh, that will help you with the drafting of uh, the agreements the American way and that will be able to help you afterwards as well by finding a good tax lawyer or tax uh, or accountant that will help you to plan your activity in the right way. That's on the legal and accounting side, but however, there are other things that uh, a good law firm can do is to introduce to a, a, a potential uh, business partners and distributors, as well as, uh, for example, find a location. A lot of uh, agri-food companies, especially in the agriculture arena, they need to have a location that uh, combines both the uh, Arab land and industrial land. So. This is something that uh, you really need to have someone that understands the laws and, and help you find such locations and negotiate them in the right way because uh, it's crucial. Just to give you an example, an algae company, okay? An algae company needs to have a facility to uh, grow the algae, that's agriculture, but also to process the algae. This is industry. So you need to have a place to do the uh, harvesting and the uh, uh, 
concentration and extraction of uh, materials, etc. This is a process, this is completely industrial. So you need to have, to have a place that you have two uh, different uh, places or that you get a special permit. All these things an Israeli law firm can never do. You need to have a local firm that understands it and can really help uh, uh, to do these things. So there are lots of things that uh, a startup that wants to go to the States will have to, uh, to do, and it's better to do it with a good law firm next to it. Ohad, you have been fantastic and insightful, and talking about all this food is really making me hungry, so I'm going to go have lunch. But I want to thank you for all the knowledge, all the information, and your friendship. We look forward to working with you, to partnering with you, and we wish you and all of your companies tremendous great success. And we thank you for the impact you're making on the world. Thank you very much for joining us for Herrick's podcast, Herrick Does That. To learn more about our firm and to listen to additional recordings, please visit us at www.herrick.com. <laughs>